Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. So my kids, Isla and Elliot, they are currently obsessed with the movie Moana. So I'm not sure if you've seen this movie, but they love it. They wake up singing songs from the movie. They, Elliot has actually learned to dance by listening to the soundtrack, which he does very often. Uh, don't worry, I won't demonstrate right now because we're live streaming. But <laughs> um, So basically, if you haven't seen the movie, the main character, Moana, she grows up on this island in this tribe, and um, she, her parents are the chief leaders of the tribe. And ever since she's a young child, she hears stories about the outside, outside of the island, and she's always wanted to leave the island. But because her parents are training her to be the next tribe leader, she is not allowed to leave the island at all. And her parents are constantly insisting to her, there's nothing for you outside the island. Everything you need in life can be found within the safety and the comfort of the island. Um, so basically, she, she feels called to leave the island. She has a huge desire to leave the island. And eventually, she does leave the island. And as I was reading chapter 11 of Hebrews this week, I couldn't help but connect the two, um, mostly because I could hear the soundtrack in the background the entire time, but also because I think we'll see in, in uh, this chapter that just like Moana, we as Christians, we have a choice in this life to either listen to the voice of comfort and safety in this world, or we can live by faith and hope for something more. But what is biblical faith? And what does faith look like in a practical world where we have all the worries and struggles that we currently do? Well, these are important questions to ask, and I believe that today in Hebrews 11, we'll hopefully find the answers to those questions today. So uh, let's jump right in, and uh, we'll take a, look, take a look at the text for today. To give a bit of structure and context, last week, uh, Vanessa took us through Hebrews 10, and we saw... Sorry, I lost my place. We saw that the, the new covenant, or to be more clear, Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us was enough to redeem us before the Father. And at the end of chapter 10, the author tells his audience that because we have faith in this redemption, we should now go boldly, uh, unashamedly, into the presence of God, fully trusting him with our lives on earth and for eternity. Meaning that because of this truth, we should endure to the end until either we enter into eternity through death or until Christ returns. So now in chapter 11, in order to establish his point about importance of faith and endurance, the author takes his audience through a list of historic figures. Um, but this isn't just any list of people. This is a list of spiritual heroes that these former Jewish people who are now Christians uh, they grew up hearing about these people. These, are, these spiritual heroes are the ancestors of these Jewish Christians. Um, and he, takes, he intentionally takes us through that list chronologically because as we'll see, um, and as these Christians knew, this chronology leads to Jesus in the end. So at the beginning of chapter 11, the author of Hebrews begins with an informal definition of faith. So let's take a look at the first couple verses. Verse 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
for by it the people of old received their commendation. So in other words, as, uh, as one commentator paraphrases, faith is living as if the things hoped for are real, even if we can't see them. And as an example of what this faith looks like, the author reminds his audience of their ancestors who lived this way and were highlighted and commended for living this way. So let's continue to verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So just to pause here for a moment, we, see, we will see the, the phrase, by faith, about 19 times throughout this entire chapter. Uh, we're not going to read through every verse of this chapter, but um, as mentioned, the audience is taking us through a list of faithful people who carried out magnificent acts by God's power through their faith. And to help you interpret what will be said, the pattern that we'll see is mostly, by faith, this person did this great act. Um, and I should note that we won't be going through in detail of every person on this list, but uh, if you have time this week, I would encourage you to do so. Just so look through uh, everybody mentioned in chapter 11. And also there's, a, there's this chart that you can find easily online, which gives reference to the actual stories within the Old Testament. Uh, so I'd, I'd recommend looking that as, up that as well. Uh, so I guess back to verse 3. The surprising thing that we see in this list is that it, the, uh, the first person on the list is actually uh, us. So the author includes himself and his audience in the first item of the list. Uh, as, we, as we read, the author states, by faith, we understand that all things were created by God. So really, as the church, we can include ourselves in the first item because we too believe that everything was created by the word of God. And I think by including us, he's also telling us that um, the kind of faith that the individuals in this list have is also attainable for us as well. So he's, in a sense, trying to connect us with the people that we're going to hear about in the list. So let's, let's continue on to verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I know that was a lot. Let's focus in on the first two heroes that are mentioned. Um, so we remember from the book of Genesis that uh, Cain and Abel were born to Adam and Eve. Um, and both of them brought sacrifices to God. But Genesis says that while Cain brought a simple offering, Abel brought the most valuable from his own supply. Uh, the act of Abel bringing his best sacrifice clearly shows that he had faith that God is the provider, and that God would take care of him. Uh, but even so, even though he does this and has this faith, Abel still dies at the, end, the hands of Cain. But on the other hand, in the, the next story we see, also in Genesis, uh, there's a the short snippet within 
uh, the book of Genesis, where it talks about Enoch. And at the end of that, it says, Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. So that's, that's kind of a crazy phrase. Um, the phrase walked faithfully means that Enoch had an intimate relationship with God. And because of this relationship, uh, because of his faith, uh, yeah, he pleased God so much that he apparently never even died, but was taken by God. So from an overhead perspective of these two stories, we see a contrast between Abel and Enoch. Uh, one died at the hands of his brother, and the other one didn't see death. So throughout this list, just keep in mind, we'll see both good and bad outcomes, but the one part that will remain the same is that all mentioned live by faith in God and his promises. So let's move on to verses 8 through 10. We'll get to some more application later on, but I just want us to get, us, get through the passages first. Um, Verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he, was, that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So some of you might remember that early last year we had a sermon series on uh, Abraham. Uh, and starting in Genesis 12, we see that Abraham was called by God to leave the safety of his father's household and to go out into an unknown place. I found it interesting that the, the author of Hebrews, when he mentions this uh, faith of Abraham, he says that uh, the, the literal world literal world that he uses is place, uh, whereas in Genesis you may see the word land. And as one commentator notes, the author of Hebrews intentionally does not use the word land because in reality God promises Abraham so much more than just a place to live. Um, as we see in verse 10, the inheritance he promises to Abraham, the inheritance Abraham was looking forward to in his earthly life was an eternal heavenly city built by God himself. But uh, just reading through Abraham's story, it may appear that he never received what was promised by God uh, while he was on earth. Sure, he inherited some land while he was on earth, and he did have some descendants while he was on earth. But um, the eternal city, we never see him receive the eternal city, uh, and that promise had yet to been fulfilled. The author addresses this in verses 13 through 16, so let's continue on. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, and that is a holy one, heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. So the author says here that even though Abraham died without re receiving what was promised by God, it's clear that Abraham and the others mentioned knew what they were in for. In short, they knew that the home God had promised them wasn't 
a home on earth. Uh, it wasn't one that they can inherit in the future. It wasn't the one that they came from. Uh, instead, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all desired a better country, a heavenly one. And as we see in verse 16, they knew that this inheritance would be their true home where they could dwell with God, and God was pleased with this faith that they lived by. So as a result, Abraham lived in a way that made it evident he didn't see the earth as his home. He and his descendants, Isaac and Jacob, everywhere they went, they saw themselves as aliens in a foreign land. They, they lived in tents, as it said. Um, and they did this by faith in anticipation for the home promised by God. So let's take a look at one more hero before we go into some application. Uh, we'll start at verse 24. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking forward to the reward. So now Moses, we remember from the book of Exodus, um, during this time, the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. Through divine circumstances, Moses, even though he was an Israelite, was adopted into the household of Pharaoh. And uh, even so, similar to Abraham, we see another example of someone who, um, even though he could have chosen a life of luxury and comfort within the safety of Pharaoh's household, instead, Moses considered the reproach of Christ, meaning he considered obedient suffering, similar to Christ's own obedient suffering, as greater wealth than all the treasures and comforts of Egypt. And the author states that Moses does this looking forward to the reward. Just like Abraham, Moses too was anticipating something greater than this earth. This faith allowed him to leave the familiar and the comfortable and endure through suffering until his time was up on earth. So as we're reading and reflecting on these faith stories, uh, remember that the author says we can live with this kind of faith too, right? I'm not saying that uh, we should live in tents or uh, that we should deny all comforts just for the sake of denying comforts. Hey, Elliot. But we should ask ourselves, do we as Christians really believe this? Are we living in anticipation for eternity spent with Christ or are we living for today, for next year? Are we living for retirement one day? Um, I saw this awesome illustration by a pastor uh, a few years ago, and I know most of you probably have seen it already or heard it, but every time I, every time I hear it, it really uh, just puts things into perspective for me. So I'm going to take this cord. Don't mind me. I didn't bring any props with me. Okay, so this cord here, imagine this cord, even though it obviously doesn't, imagine it went on for forever. So it just it wraps around the world for a couple times. And uh, yeah, just imagine it was a really, really long cord and it went on forever. Now imagine that this cord represents a timeline of our life. So as Christians, we believe that um, after we die here on earth, 
our souls live on for eternity, right? So basically this, this cord is representing our life, which our life, we, we will live for uh, forever. This, this black part up here, I know the whole thing is black, but this part up here, this short part represents our time on earth, right? So just kind of compare the two. This small portion over here versus the cord that goes on forever, right? So, I mean, comparing the two, how often do we, we focus on this little portion on the top over here? I mean, I know that um, I'm guilty of this too. I often worry about little things like, like what am I going to eat tomorrow or how comfortable will I be or uh, how will I afford that thing that I want, you know? But I know also that we, in this life, deal with a lot of very big issues and, and problems and I'm not trying to minimize those things, but what I'm trying to do is, is uh, just help us put things into perspective of, um, of how, I guess, we really believe our lives are. Uh, and two things I, I think should come from this illustration. One, this type of mindset, it should drive us to endure faithfully throughout this lifetime. So like Paul says in 1 Corinthians, we should see this life as a race and we should run through it faithfully towards the finish line. And secondly, I think this, uh, this mindset helps us. The knowledge of sh how short this life is on earth is compared uh, to eternity should fill us with hope for something more on this earth. Um, so as we're going through our different trials and, and um, struggles in this life, just like the heroes mentioned, we should walk by faith and look outside of this world for our deepest desires, and that is our eternity with, with God. So back to the question from earlier, what is biblical faith, and what does faith look like in this practical world um, when we're facing these struggles and difficulties every day? So if it, if it isn't living in tents or denying comforts for the sake of denying comforts, what does it look like? So I have three practical examples of what I think faith should look like, um, and I think we see that through Hebrews 11 as well. Number one, faith is surrendering to God our whole lives. Number two, faith is obeying the voice of God daily. And three, faith is enduring to the end until we are with God. So by surrendering our lives to God, we in faith lay down our desires and plans just like Abel, we surrender the best of ourselves to God because we know that he is the provider of all. Like Abraham and Moses, we put the will and desires of God before our own and surrender because he is our reward, he is our comfort, and he is our home. We put the will of God before our own, trusting that he cares for us, and more importantly, that, he, that in this life, or this life isn't our end goal. Our finish line is eternity with him. Uh, secondly, by obeying the voice of God, we are first of all spending time with him daily, growing our relationship with him, and listening to what, whatever he is calling us to. Then we are, in faith, obeying this call. Um, so 
So just like Moses, when he was called to free the Israelites, Moses, in faith, obeyed the voice of God and led the Israelites to freedom. And uh, just like Hugh and Vanessa, I don't think they'll mind if I share about them. They, they never meant, they, uh, a few years ago, they never would have dreamed of planting a church. I think they would tell you the same thing. But in their relationship with God, they heard his call to leave their comfort and in obedience, by faith, planted restoration. And lastly, faith is enduring to the end of our lives until we are with God. Every day, each of us encounter an endless amount of worries and distractions that are intended by the enemy to set us off course. But just like the author of Hebrews showed us, we know that as difficult as our circumstances may be, not only is God with us now in our struggles, and not only will he help us endure, we know that after we have endured this life by faith, we have an eternal reward waiting for us, that is, eternity with Christ. And uh, Paul mentions, or Paul echoes this mindset in Philippians 3, and I'll close with this. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory in their shame with their minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship, we as Christians, is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So that is, that is what we can have faith in, and that is why we endure. We remember the example of those who were faithful before us. We acknowledge that this world is not our home, and instead we look forward to our eternity with our Savior. Amen.